to behold in the flesh, so to speak. Ernest Hemingway's boat. She was sitting up on concrete blocks, like some old and gasping browned-out whale, maybe a hundred yards from Hemingway's house, under a kind of gigantic carport with a corrugated plastic roof on what was once his tennis court, just down from the now-drained pool where Ava Gardner had reputedly swum nude. Even in her diminished, dry-docked, parts-plundered state, I knew Pilar would be beautiful. And she was. I knew she'd be threatened by the elements and the bell tolls of time, in the same way much else at the hilltop farm on the outskirts of Havana, Finca Vigia was its name when Hemingway lived there, was seriously threatened. And she was. But I didn't expect to be so moved. I walked round and round her. I took rolls and rolls of pictures of her long, low hull, of her slightly raked mahogany stern, of her nearly vertical bow. When the guards weren't looking, I reached over and touched her surface. The wood, marbled with hairline fissures, was dusty, porous, dry. It seemed almost scaly. It felt febrile. It was as if Pilar were dying from thirst. It was as if all she wanted was to get into water. But even if it were possible to hoist her with a crane off these blocks and to ease her onto a flatbed truck and to take her away from this steaming hillside and set her gently into Havana Harbor, would Hemingway's boat go down like a stone, boiling and bubbling to the bottom, her insides having long ago been eaten out by termites and other barely visible critters? A man who let his own insides get eaten out by the diseases of fame had dreamed new books on this boat. He'd taught his sons to reel in something that feels like Moby Dick on this boat. He'd accidentally shot himself in both legs on this boat. He'd fallen drunk from the flying bridge on this boat. He'd written achy, generous, uplifting, poetic letters on this boat. He'd propositioned women on this boat. He'd hunted German subs on this boat. He'd saved guests and family members from shark attack on this boat. He'd acted like a boor and a bully and an overly competitive jerk on this boat. She'd been intimately his and he hers for 27 years, which were his final 27 years. She'd lasted through three wives, the Nobel Prize and all his ruin. He'd owned her, fished her, worked her, rowed her, from the waters of Key West to the Bahamas to the Dry Tortugas to the North Coast and archipelagos of Cuba. She wasn't a figment or a dream or a literary theory or somebody's psychosexual interpretation. She was actual. Onto her varnished decks, hauled in over her low-cut stern on a large wooden roller, had come uncounted marlin and broadbill swordfish, tuna, sailfish, kingfish, snook, wahoos, tarpon, horse-eye jacks, pompano, dolphinfish, barracuda, bonito, and mako sharks, which, as Hemingway once remarked, are the ones that smell oddly sweet and have those curved-in teeth that give them their Cuban name, Bentuso. He could make her do sixteen knots at full out, and he could make her cut a corner like a midshipman at Annapolis. When she was up and moving, her prow smartly cutting the waves, it was as if she had a foaming white bone in her teeth, which is an expression old seamen sometimes use. 
When he had her loaded for a long cruise, she'd hold 2,400 pounds of ice for keeping cool the atue beer and the daiquiris, the avocados and the Filipino mangoes, and not least, the freshly landed monsters of the Gulf Stream, which Hemingway always thought of as the Great Blue River. Who knew what was down there lurking in those fathomless bottoms? The skeletons of slave ships? Who'd ever caught what was possible to catch in those mild, deep waters of his imagination? In hunting, you know what you're after, and the top you can get is an elephant. Hemingway once wrote in Esquire magazine, But who can say what you will hook sometime when drifting in a hundred and fifty fathoms in the Gulf Stream? There are probably marlin and swordfish to which the fish we have seen caught are pygmies. Pilar's master used to play Fats Waller records, and you're the top on a scratchy phonograph while his daughter.